Support for this episode comes from eBay. Whether it's a holy grail pair of sneakers, head-turning handbags, or one genuine wardrobe staple. If you're always on the hunt for that one wardrobe staple you just gotta have, eBay gets it. Nothing's more important than the real deal. When you shop on eBay, all you have to do is look out for that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be verified authentic through a detailed inspection. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences. So there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. It's amazing, we're amazing. Gonna run, we're just going to run through it. So before we start, I do have to say give a thank you to Gorilla the Bear and my friend Nick Wolf for the music and the art. But welcome everyone to another episode. I know it's been a very long time since episode one. Done, been doing a lot of traveling. Did Abu Dhabi. Got detained in Abu Dhabi for a couple hours That's getting right. in. Uh, got a random trip to New York for UFC 281, but this is episode two of Anything But Fighting here with Jose Youngs, of course, MMAfighting.com, with arguably the best commentator in combat sports, John Anik, but more importantly, one of the bigger Boston sports <laughs> fans around in this combat landscape, correct? Yeah, I'm still diehard. You know, certainly <laughs> I've softened a little bit at 44 years of age as far as my fanaticism. I get happy for... Coaches, elderly coaches and players, but good to be with you. We've been talking about doing this for a long time, and we are here live in Orlando, Florida. Got Correct. the whole MMA fight. We've got the stick mic, no <laughs> IFBs, no nothing, no promos to read. We're ready to go. So I have to ask you, uh, ranking the Boston sports teams from, from most, like the, the, where your allegiance lies the highest to lowest. What are we going right here? Well, the Bruins are four. So can we just start yeah, in the basement? And again, you I'm know, sorry, like, I'm sorry, Nolan, if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if you go to you know CBS Sportsline, like my username is Sergey14 for Sergey really? Samsonov, right? So there was a time when I was nuts about the bees, but I grew up a basketball player. That sure. was my favorite sport. So hockey was always a distant fourth. I didn't watch the Bruins a whole lot growing up. It's hard not to give the Red Sox the number one slot because of the nature of our sure. city, but the NFL is king. So sitting here talking to you in 2022, I did grow up in a family that had Patriot season tickets when they were the laughing stock of the NFL. So I will go Patriots one. I have to go Red Sox two, but I mean, it really the it's Red Sox tough, and the man. Celtics are really two two A and two B. So uh, yeah, I mean, I really I'm a big box score guy. I eat box scores. Sure. I follow all four of those teams. Hopefully, the New England Revolution will win a goddamn MLS Cup before <laughs> Don't it's all get said me and done. Started. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would have to say the Bruins in the basement and uh, and football is king. Was the Patriots always number one for you? Because like you said, they weren't that good growing up. The year I was born, 1990, I believe they were one in 15. Yeah. So. 
for kids nowadays, when they hear the Patriots, they go, oh, they've been good forever. That was not the case. I remember when they went, made it to the wild card with when Pete Carroll was the coach. Right. And that was a big deal because everyone kind of says Pete Carroll wasn't a good because he was the one before Belichick, and they kind of gloss over his. He was like sandwiched between um, who's the coach when the when the Patriots went to the Super Bowl in '96. Uh, uh, in uh, 1996, Parcell, Parcell? so '86, like, Raymond Berry, yeah, yeah. So it was like Parcell, and then you had like Pete Carroll, and then you had Belichick. So Pete Carroll's kind of sandwiched in yeah. between two of the greats. Pete Carroll's obviously great too, but everyone assumes. It's like the Cowboys where they've just been good forever. They were terrible. Really were bad. Yeah. So you and I are friends, but obviously I was 12. I was smoking cannabis before this kid was born, okay? Yep, right yep. now. But yep. we got 12 years between us, right? So, yeah. you know, I experienced a lot of lean years as a Patriots fan that you didn't necessarily, right? Sure. They won their first championship. You're like 11, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like to tell people my record as a fan in Foxborough Stadium and Gillette Stadium is probably 50 games below 500. Sure. But the Patriots weren't always king for me. Nomar Garciaparra was my favorite Boston athlete of all time. Oh, and there was a time that I was so rabid about the Red Sox that my schedule waiting tables at Legal Seafoods literally revolved around when the Red Sox played a matinee versus is a night game. I mean, I'm telling you, bro, 2001, right? So I'm not that young. No, no, no. And I'm literally cutting out newspapers, the Boston Herald and the Boston Globe, every day and creating like a collage in my downtown Boston apartment for like a Red Sox shrine. I'm 23, bro. I'm not 13. Sure. So there was a time when I watched almost 162 baseball games. Now I don't even have the attention span to watch it at bat. So I probably should say Patriots 1, Celtics 2, Red Sox 3. So let's talk about Nomar because he was my generation. He's kind of... He was God for yeah. us going up. It was him, Pedro, and Movon were the three. And then Troy O'Leary kind of came yeah. to left field. Carl Everett tried to do his thing. Cliff Floyd, Veritek, and all that stuff. But uh, what are your earliest memories? Or what are your best memories of like that stretch of time, which you know, I want to say like 96 to 03? Because 04 was the when we finally won the World Series. I say we because I'm a – people that follow me on Twitter, the Reds, it's like Red Sox and then the UFC. Yeah. Like the only reason I don't cover baseball is because I don't want to make it a job. I want to keep it yeah. that passion. How much do you watch it now, though? I listen every game. Right. I so listen because I live in Arizona now. So when they have the, like the the game, like the America's game, I'll watch. Yeah. And then when they come, because they don't come to Arizona often, like every few years, right. I go to every right. game. This year, though, Memorial Day weekend, they're in Arizona for three days. How about that? And I already got my tickets. Well, I am ready for it. Maybe the UFC will be uh, in Arizona in May, as they have been <laughs> in the past. But no, I took my kids to Fenway Park for the first time last year, and you're talking about really the prime years as a Red Sox yeah. fan. 2003, when Aaron Boone hit that home run in Game 7 of the American League Championship Series. I'm pissed drunk. I'm like in love. My girlfriend's upstairs. I'm taking a piss downstairs, and all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose so I actually miss seeing that live Uh, and now we can look back upon that and it's like okay because they broke through and won in 04 and in 07 and in 2013 and 2018 you like that (laughs) but man like I remember just I mean you talk about like the Super Bowl loss on a Monday walking into your professional life like I just remember acutely after that Aaron Boone home run in 2003 going back and like waiting tables just like what am I doing right now with my life just being so upset but yeah Nomar was everything to me and I think I could relate to Nomar in a lot of ways right like I'm a very impatient golfer I love the fact that he's first real swinging. he's real jittery but skill for skill I mean in terms of his potential right I'm not going to sit here and say you know he's better than Jeter but skill for skill he was, he was and even he was though, than Right. 
he just obviously injuries played a role and and there was sort of an unceremonious exit for Nomar at the end of his Red Sox career but I will always have a very special place in my heart for Nomar Garcia Parra born in Whittier California July 23rd 1973 God I believe damn. and uh, he I was glad he realized some success with the Dodgers late in his mm -hmm. career because of how spoiled an end it was in Boston. And, uh, yeah, I mean, all my guys, Antoine Walker, it didn't end particularly well for him in Boston. Then he came back. But, um, yeah, I mean, Nomar, he's he's in a black-and-white photo in my office to this day. Absolutely love that. I'm glad you brought up the 03 home run. I wasn't going to tell this story, but people close to me know it. I have a scar on the back of my head for when Aaron Boone hit the home huh. run. I jumped up in a fit of rage and crushed my head on a ceiling fan. Unbelievable. So it's there forever because of Aaron Boone. I don't know if you have a lower sports moment, and that's a great story. But for me, I mean, yes, I can look back at a couple of the Patriots Super Bowls against the New York Giants, but I, I can't say that, you know, retroactively, like that Aaron Boone, I just remember so much about that night, just being hammered, we driving were, home in the passenger seat. I wasn't driving, just in a Honda Civic. Sure. I remember everything about it. We, we, we would have won the World Series that year. We would have beat the Diamondbacks. Because the Diamondbacks beat the, was it the Marlins or the Cubs in the ALCS? That's a great NLCS. question. So that year should have been Cubs-Red Sox. Yeah. Which at the time, we were still both cursed, which would have shattered ratings. Right. And we both lost. Right. Um, I, we lost on, that. they did. They lost to, because I believe that was the, that was the, the foul ball year with, uh, oh, what's yeah, Jeffrey name? Mayer or whatever. No, name. that uh, was the, Jeffrey Mayer was the Yankees Orioles. Oh, yeah. That uh, was yeah. it Bartman. Bartman. Steve, so yeah, that Bartman. was the Bartman year. So the, it should have been Cubs and it should have been the Red Sox and would have shattered it. That's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, 03 was a bad time in my life. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And obviously you were like 13 years of age and I was like twice that age. But yeah, the Red Sox, obviously in New England, there's just a special relationship with that team and that city and that ballpark, however refurbished. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I wanted my kids to experience that, and I'm very thankful that they did. But mixed martial arts, I know we're not talking yeah, about we, fighting, but it has that. effectively ruined some other sports for me. Regular season NBA, even though I eat box scores, doesn't captivate my interest unless it's the fourth quarter. The Celtics are on national television all the time. Now, I'm doing a lot of child care, putting a lot of kids to sleep at night, and that obviously gets in the way of my viewership to whatever degree. But... Yeah, I just, at least in terms of Major League Baseball and sitting down to watch an inning or an extended game, um, yeah, it's not even that I'm in my phone. It's yeah. just that I'm not that compelled uh, when the games seem, you know, just inconsequential in the month of May. Is that why you like, is that why football's king? Because I feel like every Sunday it's like, it just matters right now. Yeah, that yeah. has a lot to do with it. And I'm not necessarily looking for baseball to like shave down the schedule, but there is nothing like the baseball postseason. No. I'm just totally Hell captivated, no. bemoaning the Hell fact no. that we're getting like four games on one day, wanting them yeah, to spread yeah, it out yeah. a little bit, and then it ends sort of right after it begins. No, I, I salivate over the baseball postseason, but I watch less than five hours of regular season Major League oh Baseball. Oh, my God. That's crazy to me. Um, best memories watching the Celtics? Because you, you unlike the, like the Red Sox where you grew up, they were kind of, they were still cursed. I'm sure you remember when they were they were great, they fell apart, and then they came back. So my mom used to babysit for Agent Bob Wolf's kids back in the 60s in Massachusetts in Brookline, and one night he surprised her by bringing John Havlicek home oh because Hondo was God. like her favorite player. So my mom <laughs> grew up with like great tickets to all of those Celtics oh. games. So my mom is an 
rabid Boston Celtics fan. For me, though, you know, I had season tickets in the nosebleeds in 2002 and 2003 for the Antoine Walker-Paul yeah. Pierce year. So employee number eight every day of the goddamn week, every free <laughs> Antoine took, I was behind. I thought they were all good shots, every last one of them. Did you do the shimmy? No, I'm not going to do it today for <laughs> MMAfighting.com. But, no, Tuan is the man, and he and Paul Pierce are actually doing a podcast together, which certainly warms yep. my heart a little bit. But for me, you know, I was a Boston Celtics season ticket holder in 2002 and 2003, and then I actually covered the team for one season, the 05-06 season, which was sort of pretty cool for me. I was a big Kendrick Perkins guy back oh, in the day. Yeah. I used to get in arguments with Sean Grandy, uh, the great play-by-play voice on the radio side for the Celtics, about, uh, you know, Perk and his value in terms of the top we, eight. We would have won we would have won in 2010 if he didn't hurt his knee against the Lakers because that that's when Powell and Meta World Peace took over if we had Perk there we would have gone 2-0 against Kobe and the Lakers those few years you're absolutely right and even though I didn't wear my entering title town sweatshirt <laughs> today because I do think that uh, there are other cities that now have sort of entered that yeah, fray yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. Tampa nope. Bay chief among them but there were a lot of championships, and we're going to sound sort of like homers here, but there were a lot of championships that the Boston teams did not win that they really should have they should. when they had the best team, whether you're talking about the 2003 Boston Red Sox, the 2010 Boston Celtics, obviously the two Super Bowls against the New York Giants that the Patriots, should've in won. my humble opinion, had the better team. For sure. You know. Very thankful for all of the championship success in the city, and I hope for other sports fans around the world, for Toronto Maple Leafs fans, I hope your guys break through. Um, but ha, but there were a lot of Boston teams that were good enough to win titles that didn't while they were seemingly winning everything else. So, uh, Favorite basketball player growing up, besides, like, like, I guess when you were a little kid. Kevin Johnson. Oh, yeah. I was a point guard, and I have gotten up out of my UFC play-by-play seat very few times <laughs> to shake hands. You get up hands. and shake hands with Kevin Johnson. I'll really? tell you the five people. Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady. Sure. President Donald Trump. Okay. Mike Tyson. Hasbullah. And KJ. That is a ragtag group of misfits right there. And it all happened pretty recently. Like, I don't yeah. get up. Like, I... Half the time we show celebrities on pay-per-view, and I'm dying with the truck. Like, who is this? I don't know this movie star, right? So, But I saw Tom Brady. For my mom, I had to go over to him. Trump literally pointed at me and was like, come here. So That's I got up to go greet the, uh, the former president. Uh, Mike Tyson and I locked eyes, which was pretty cool. Shaq actually on that list. But KJ was there. I don't know if we were in Sacramento or wherever we were, but... I just got to tell him, I said, hey, I grew up a Celtics fan, but you were my guy, man. I mean, I could wear number seven every chance I got, and I was an absolutely huge Kevin Johnson fan, and God, I wish they had won that title in 1993. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not going to let you get away. You were at the Tuck game. Correct? Yeah. Tell me that story. So if fans don't know, it was uh, 2002, I believe, and it was just snow everywhere the snowiest game not the coldest game but the snowiest game. talking about teams that should have won the championship that raiders team was just a better team than great patriots point. yeah so late in the game tom brady fumbles the football some sort of strip sack charles woodson obviously was involved so tom brady fumbles the football yes he did okay say it again tom brady fumbled the ball yes he so did. i'm in the building i leave gillette stadium and i'm walking to my car and all of a sudden i hear this roar and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, they reversed that and called that an incomplete pass. Like, part of me in my head is like, I don't even want this win as a fan, but it laid the foundation for an eventual Super Bowl championship, the first of six. But I go rushing back to Gillette Stadium, and they didn't let me back in. So yeah. I, I was in my— Because you made them—because you don't leave games early in Boston. 
But you agree with me. I mean, that's a fumble every day of the week. It absolutely was a fumble. Then the game's over, right? So you got to give me a little slack. Like, I guess I could have waited for the review. (laughs) But now if you Google tuck rule, obviously that's what we're talking about. But that's a fumble every day of the week for me. So I'm in my Infinity G20T. I can't drive the thing out of the parking lot because of the snow. And I I had to listen to the game on the radio. For people that don't know, that that wasn't just snow. That was a blizzard. Because I have a lot of friends that, like, they were at the game. They were at the top. Like, we couldn't. They couldn't see. They were just watching black dots. Yeah. They were following the footprints. They're like, that might be a touchdown for us. We don't know. Yeah, I didn't have a great seat either. The only thing I can guarantee you is that that was a fumble sure every day was. of the week, so I had to go home. I sure was, was. seen enough. And then it, that's the year they beat the Rams, correct? That yes. was the first one. So Raiders-Rams, that one. Oh, man. Unbelievable. One of the that. greatest nights of my life. I ended up at a bar called Brady's in New York City. I didn't have a lot of people to watch the game with in Boston, so I made the decision on Super Bowl Sunday to drive to New York City to watch with my buddies and uh, and it worked out. What's the first professional sports game you remember going to in the city of Boston? It had to be a Celtics game yeah. very early on when I was four or five, and everything looked black and white on TV. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the parquet actually was like yellow, and everything just sort of popped. But I grew up in a basketball family, and my mother literally was tying my right hand behind my back when I was three, four years old, making me dribble with my left hand to develop that, that your opposite mom. hand. So, Golly. Yeah, so Golly. she was all about it. No, I mean, and when I did go over to Tom Brady at that, I believe it was Conor McGregor versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone, I just yeah. said, I just want to let you know how much joy. I think he was at the Diaz fight. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But I just said... I just want you to know how much joy you brought to my mother and my entire family, you know, and to be able to express that to him obviously was uh, was pretty cool. Is it a trip when, like, for me, when we, when, like, UFC 199, 199 was at the forum, um, and when I was there, we were, like, I was, like, walking the floor to get to the press section. I kind of stopped. I'm like, I can't remember his, the, the player's name, but they showed him the highlights for, like, the Lakers-Celtics rivalry when the guy got, like, clotheslined. Like, I can't remember who it was, but it happened, like, right where I was standing. Right. And I was like, this is... <laughs> This is nuts. Oh. Like growing up in Boston, I've seen this highlight a thousand times, but like I'm, it's literally where it happened. Has it been a trip like one or per, when when DC fought Vulcan in Boston? Media day was in Fenway, right? And I was losing my mind. Oh. I'm like, this is the greatest day of my entire life. I mean, it all came together for you, and nothing made me happier than being inside of TD Garden and seeing. Dominic Cruz and TJ Dillashaw put on a fight like that and just watching the crowd ooh and ah for defense, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It showed you that Boston was a fight town, right? Because that was a UFC fight night. Granted, it was a world title, but that was not a pay-per-view. We could sell out TD Garden no matter who we yeah, headline, yeah. right? It's a fight town tried and true, and Dom was like evading TJ strikes, and the crowd was like ooing and eyeing with every Dominic Cruz movement. So, yeah, that was uh, that had to be pretty special for you. I, st- I just want to run the bases at Fenway before I die. Oh. I don't need to throw out the ceremonial first pitch. Just let me run the bases. I've been on the field of Gillette, and I've been on the court in the garden. I've been on the ice in the garden. Can you ice skate? No. Oh, I'm I'm okay. I can't go backwards, but I can like just go in circles because I played hockey one year. Oh, did you? Um, I like, have fallen on my head and hit my head on the back of the ice within the last 12 months in Boca Raton, Florida. So, Ice skating in Florida is just a bizarre concept. <laughs> it is. So I grew up, my dad doesn't believe hockey should exist below the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> I his need to whole meet thing. Your dad. So he's like, he's like, when the Lightning played like whoever they played in the finals, he's like, I'm not. I'm not watching that. Like, so basically, if you're above, if you're in Canada, so if you're above America, you're dead to him. And if you're below the Mason-Dixon line, you shouldn't exist. Yeah, that's So that's, that's yeah. the whole thing. So I grew up, like, I, I hope Canada never wins a World Cup or a Stanley Cup. 
for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Just, yeah. just as ingrained in me. You know, it's interesting. I do wonder when you're my age if that will change a little bit. Because yeah. let me tell you, like, you know, Andy Reid, right, head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, fat yeah, genius, yeah. right? So there was a time where I was going to college at Gettysburg College in Pennsylvania. All my collegiate buddies were Eagles fans. and like, But, dude, like when Andy Reid finally – won a super bowl right like he had buried a child he'd been through a lot of different things like i was happy for the guy i was happy for the chiefs and i'm just telling you like 22 year old boston sports fan like fuck no not happy for (laughs) like maple leafs no but now all of a sudden you know obviously you know toronto's a big market for the ufc we have a lot of our executives and and others who are big maple leafs fans and i don't know i just for these particularly starved fan bases not the New York Knicks necessarily, but or I would the, like to see some of the breakthrough. Or, you know, I hope the Canadians never win. Like the Montreal oh, Canadiens. Oh, yeah, well, that's like, a, I mean, that's a different conversation. That's a different like, conversation. Like, the Canadians can never win again. The Yankees can never win again. The Knicks can never win again. I don't really, I'm not a Patriots fan. I still don't like the Jets. Yeah. I think that's just because they're a New York team. Right, right. So you just, you just hate them in general. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just said them all for me. I mean, I will never root for anything good to happen for the Habs. As you well know, I bet against They're, all of the Boston teams. and I was going yeah. to bring that up after. So you told me, I think we were in Houston for DC, uh, no, Jones-Reyes, and we, we were talking about, like, I asked you, like, what's the craziest bet you made, like, recently? And you were like, when they were down 28-3 to yeah. in the Super Bowl, you placed a bet. So tell us this story with the Patriots. So my twin brother and I, for years, honestly, dating to the late 1990s, we bet against the Boston teams. In part, I guess, to soften the blow if they sure. lose. But really as an emotional hedge and sort of as a way for us to get involved. Like we actually believe, as superstitious as we are, that we have affected change by no, the hundreds de- of thousands no, you don't think, of dollars. You definitely, huh. did. you definitely did. So <laughs> Patriots are down 28-3 to to the Atlanta Falcons in a Super Bowl. I already have a lot of money on Atlanta that I had played before the game, during the game, right? And so I'm like, let me look at a live bet. Right, Atlanta is up twenty-eight to three. Will they even offer a money line on the Atlanta Falcons? And sure enough, they did. I placed a five hundred dollar bet on the Atlanta Falcons when they were up twenty-eight to three. Five hundred dollars to win twenty-seven dollars. I mean, it's it's idiocy. Yeah, Just is. total idiocy. Like you have a spouse. What are you doing? <laughs> and that bet ended up losing. Is that the best bet you ever lost? Best bet I ever lost. When the Patriots beat the Seahawks, I jumped into my brother-in-law's arms and like ripped my groin from the bone. So I really? got to be careful with celebrations. Really? Yeah. That was a dark... That, the Packers should have made that Super Bowl. I'm a big yeah. Packers fan. That's, That's right. The, we, uh, the onside kick we blew, Mike McCarthy decided that he wanted to run the ball when he still had prime Aaron Rodgers. Now, to be fair, Des Bryant caught that ball. Yes, in, he did. In the, in the division yep. series. I will admit that Des Bryant, that was a catch put. Wasn't particular because I had tickets to that Super Bowl. That was in Arizona. Have you been to a Super Bowl? Never. So I would recommend if you are an NFL fan and your team gets to a Super Bowl, find a way to go. It really is a once in a lifetime experience. For me, there are 13 Super Bowls a year, right? The 12 UFC pay per views and then the actual Super Bowl. That's fair. But there's just nothing like the tension. Dude, like I felt, I've never done cocaine. I felt like I was hooped up on something. Like the, the tension of your, and, and the Patriots Super Bowl that I went to, they won 13-3 to three oh, you were at against the, LA the Rams. Game. So you can yeah. imagine the tension, right? I mean, it's a 3 nothing game. It was just very you know, tight. You know what I refer to the Super Bowl as? The Nganu Derek Lewis of ha! Super Bowls. <laughs> but that's okay. And you know what's crazy is because when you're in the building and your team is in a Super Bowl and it's so tense, the last thing on my mind was that the game was boring oh, to everybody else back yeah, home. I was oh, yeah. just, I was freaking out. Did you cry? 
Yeah, probably cry. How, how can do? You, can you tell me times that you've cried at sporting events, like as an adult man? Because I've cried at sporting events as an adult man myself. I think, well, certainly when Malcolm Butler intercepted Russell yeah, Wilson, yeah. and that basically Super Bowl went from you know jaws of defeat to victory. Yeah, it was pretty emotional. And uh, certainly when they won that first Super Bowl in February of 2002, when I was later at Brady's Bar in New York City, I cried. Um, yeah, I mean, with the Red Sox, when they won the World Series in, in 2004, yeah. I mean, for sure, we were camped out at Sporting News Radio, 1510 The Zone in Burlington, Massachusetts, ready to go on the air. Burlington, yeah. And we went on the air right after they won the World Series, and... That was one of the greatest broadcasting experiences of my life, just going on the air for 15 minutes celebrating with Red Sox Nation because after what happened in 2003, I started to wonder, maybe maybe there is a curse. Talking man. about like another team that would have, like that Cardinals team was significantly better, but no one was beating the Red Sox. Right. Like that team had, Tony Womack was their leadoff hitter, and then they had Larry Walker, who they had traded for the trade deadline, and then they had MV3. They had Pujols, Loaded. Edmonds, and Roland, and then they had uh, Reggie Sanders batting sixth. Like that was an, uh, that was an unstoppable team. I think you'd agree, though. Most years when the Red Sox have gotten to the World Series, they weren't losing. They've looked like gangbusters, right? Even yes. when they lost the 18 inning game to the Dodgers. Which okay, so that one game is the reason that I have this whole conspiracy theory. You know, the Charlie from from uh, It's Always Sunny, where he's on the board and he has like this big. I, that's me with that game. I have tied everything going wrong with the Red Sox to that game. <laughs> so. I might get the names wrongs of players, but I think it was the 13th or 14th inning, Max Muncy grounds the ball out to Ian Kinsler. Ian Kinsler muffs it or, like, throw, or like throws it away, and he, he like, he's safe or something. So Muncy's on first. Or I can't, I can't – Muncy's on first base. No, Muncy is on first, and then Yasiel P grounds it to Ian Kinsler. And he like boots it and throws it away. But so Muncy's running the second, and then he, well he's on second, and then he gets he's on second because he should have just been able to throw. Right, right. Now Eduardo Nunez later catches catches the ball out of bounds and falls into the crowd, but the play is still live. So he's running, and then right. so it's like he tags right, right, up right. and holds his thing. So then they score and they tie the game and whatever because of all this nonsense. And then Evaldi comes in and is the greatest pitcher ever, and. I can't tell you how many kids are named after him now at oh this point. Oh, my gosh. But they gave him that whole contract because of that game. That game. And now, and then we lose Mookie Betts. It's that game is well, the reason we lost Mookie Betts. <laughs> I think foundationally. We would have won, and then Chris Sale wouldn't have had to close the game out, and then we wouldn't have given him that huge contract. I was driving here today. You may be on to something. I kind of felt like the writing was on the wall a little bit with Mookie Betts. I was driving up today, yeah. and they said that Xander Bogarts is going to sign a free agent contract with somebody don't. by the end of today. So, But I don't know. Just with some of these guys like Rafael Devers, you feel like the Red Sox are going to they have you to. know, back up the Brinks truck. But I just didn't feel like they were going to ever do it with Betts, and he was just going to go to the highest bidder. And with Bogarts, I felt like he's had one foot out the door. I really feel like Carlos Correa is going to be the Red Sox shortstop next year. Huh. Why? Now His I'm, kinship I'm with Alex Cora. I mean, we all knew that that was a one-year deal that he was signing mm -hmm. with the Minnesota Twins for all intents and purposes. And here's what I'll say. Most baseball minds believe that Xander Bogarts is a better player than Carlos Correa. So I would agree. Right. But 
I'm more of an intangible, emotional sports fan. And I really believe that Carlos Correa, as a leader of men, as a vocal leader, is a championship player and a championship piece. And if I was going to invest hundreds of millions of dollars in one of those two players, I would invest in Correa. I agree with the intangibles thing. The only reason I would give Xander the money is he's one of the few players that's had like a th- he's has like a thousand hits all of the Red Sox. Like he's never played with another team ever. Yeah. If you're like Marcelo Myers, who's going to be our he's 18 right now. Right, and right, high, right. He's going to be our guy. You lose Mookie, who was who came up in the Boston. You, yeah. you If you lose Xander and you lose Devers, you lose the three core players that you brought up. Sure. Like, what does that tell Myers? Like, are they going to invest in me in the future? No, that's fair. My expectation would be that Devers would stick around, but obviously, if, if I you're... have to pay one of those two, it's Devers. Yes. Between Xander right. and Devers. Yes, and I think that's what they'll do. And we'll see what happens with Carlos Correa. He had a pretty good year, all things considered. We got a lot of UFC fans with these Major League Baseball players. It's crazy. Him, you know. And uh, Aaron Otto's a big fight fan, too. And Trevor Story. I don't Trevor know if you Sto- know about Trevor Story. I'm a big fan yeah. of Trevor Story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Kiki Hernandez, a lot of the Red Sox. There was a point in time when Kiki Hernandez was the highest-selling jersey in baseball. Because if there is a his, like a Mexican or Hispanic player on the Red Sox, right. To yeah. Oh, yeah. To the roof. Yeah. That's why Pedro was oh. was Christ to me. Ha. Like he is. There are a few people that if I because when you're in the media, like you're, if I see a celebrity, I'm not gonna go and shake their hands. Pedro's a guy. Pedro is is might be the guy that I would do that for. It's amazing we got this far into our conversation without invoking the name Pedro. Well, Martinez. I was gonna I was gonna wait for the second segment because okay. we yes. have a whole thing. But like, well, that's this is a perfect segue. This will be the end of segment one. You'll get a couple commercials, and then we'll be back. We'll talk more Boston sports. I know everyone in the world just wants to talk about Boston sports. I just just assume you haven't gotten tired of it, but we'll be back after this quick commercial break. Support for this episode comes from eBay. Whether it's a holy grail pair of sneakers, head-turning handbags, or one genuine wardrobe staple. If you're always on the hunt for that one wardrobe staple you just gotta have, eBay gets it. Nothing's more important than the real deal. When you shop on eBay, all you have to do is look out for that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be verified authentic through a detailed inspection. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the second segment of Anything But Fighting Podcast. This is my favorite segment. You'll remember the last time I did this, Joseph Benavides talked quite a bit about <laughs> movies. Like, to the point where I'm like, Joe, this is one segment that has like stretched, but no complaints. There's actually a lot of people really love this. So I'm, I find a list of whatever, and I would like to get your list as well. When we did this with Joe... Uh, I don't know if you've ever talked to the movies about Joe. He's very opinionated about movies. So I gave him the last 10 years of Best Picture winners, and I go, what should have won? He kind of went off. Went off. So I'm going to give you a list 
according to USA, this is USA Today's list. This is not my Kay. list of the 10 greatest athletes in the history of Boston. Wow. And you are going to give me your list. Oh, it's amazing. Of the 10 greatest in the history of Boston. You'll, no, you'll notice a few names are off. Wow. So according to USA Today, Bill Russell, number one, Tom Brady, Ted Williams, Bobby Orr, Carly Stremski, Larry Bird, Bob Cousy coming out of nowhere, uh, which is Ray Bork, yep. John Havlicek, Pedro Martinez. According to USA Today, there are a few names that I think are missing. I think David Ortiz needs to be on this list. Yeah, absolutely. Three World Series. Now, if you're just doing the four sports, this is fine. But I might want to add Marvin Hagler to this list if we're talking just athletes from Boston. Right. So if I don't know what your rules are going to be. You can run it however you want. This is going to be your list yeah. of the 10 greatest athletes that either played for Boston or from Boston. My colleague Mike Heck sent his list in that we'll also share because okay. he's from Boston too. He did the 10 that were his lifetime. That was his rule. So like Ted Williams, Bill Russell were not on his list because right. he didn't grow up watching them. Yeah. So for this, all you can tell me a name and I'll write it down of what you think you're. You, if you have a story for with these guys, we can talk about it too. But for you, who is? You want to start at the top? Or you yeah, start at the we bottom? can start at the top. I will top. say. That this is a particularly difficult exercise when it comes it's to the difficult. city of Boston, it right? Is. Because for Pedro Martinez to be number 10 on any I list know. is just insane. And how do you quantify all of the Boston Celtics from the 1960s and 70s? I know. And it's 80s. Tough. So because there's right, a lot like, of people that have like eight or nine championships that maybe not have had well, the right. best players. So number one for me actually is not going to be Bill Russell, right? Just based upon the era in which he competed. Bill Russell's going to be number two. But number one for me has to be Tom Brady. Yeah. And to have this conversation without injecting the name Bill Belichick kind of seems fruitless, right? I mean, it should be Tom Brady slash Bill Belichick because ultimately what those two men were able to accomplish in the modern era is never going to be accomplished again. You know, for years it was the 49ers and the Steelers with their five and six Super Bowls. No one was ever going to catch them, you know? So well, we got Tom Patriots Brady, Bill Conley. Belichick. I'm going to write that number one. Yeah. Bill Russell, you said, was number two. Bill Russell, number two. And I would agree with USA, USA Today. I mean, Teddy Ballgame, Ted, Ted Williams greatest, absolutely greatest needs to be time. there. Yeah, Batted 400 twice and didn't win the MVP all the time. For me, you know, I see Bobby Orr there at number four. I mean, I'm going to drop him down the, the list a little bit. I mean, when I first saw this list, I thought of two names, Patrice Bergeron and David Ortiz. And certainly for a Bruins fan from my era, like how do you not give Patrice Bergeron you, you a slot number four? on? No, I can't put him that high. You oh, know? wow. But how does Patrice Bergeron not make this list, you know? I don't know. So, I mean, it's tough because Ray Bork and Bobby Orr are two of the greatest players ever. There's no doubt. And Patrice Bergeron... Is not, but he's a Hall of Famer. Might just be number the third best. Yeah, and player. he only has one, one ring. You yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So let's go in our tenth slot. We're going to go Ray Bork slash Patrice Bergeron. Can we do that, Mike? Heck? Sure. You okay with that? Sure. And then you can just throw Bobby Orr somewhere in the middle. I mean, it's hockey. If your dad's watching, just put Bobby Orr at number eight. Okay. I love you, Bobby Orr, but let's be real. Number four, Bobby Orr. Number yeah, eight. Bobby Orr Good goes to Lord. number eight. And that gives us wow. plenty of real estate for somebody like David Ortiz. This is a junk. I, I, to me, the top four are locked in stone. It's Brady, Russell, Williams, or in some order. Fair. You're throwing me for well, a loop right now. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mentioned off the top of our segment one that hockey was in the basement, right? You did. So I don't have any historical perspective for Bobby Orr's career. Right? Sure. Like the Boston Bruins are going to go play the Florida Panthers in January. I'm going to take my children, okay? Sure. I can't name like five Boston Bruins right now. So, I mean, you can put Bobby Orr wherever you want. As I'll far put him as number I'm eight concerned. for you. Yeah, put him That's... number eight. So, 
I have to put David Ortiz in the top four. So David Ortiz number four? I have to. That's fair. And you can put Pedro Martinez right behind him at number five. But David Ortiz has to be number four, and you're not going to argue against that. What he was able to do, I know people like Adam Hill suggest that the word clutch does not exist in the vernacular for professional sports. He grew up in Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) But what, what David Ortiz did, and again, I'm... Preach into the choir. Yeah. But what David Ortiz did in so many big spots and his ability to slow down the game of baseball, Rafael Devers reminds me of him a little bit, at least as far yeah. as his eye. And Ortiz became Barry Bonds in terms of his eye in the batter's box. So David Ortiz, all the championship moments, has to be top four for me. Pedro Martinez, number five. Gosh, that means Larry Bird has to be number six. What else can be said about Larry wow. Joe Bird? Three world championships. Gosh, I mean, I got to flip Pedro and Larry. Larry can't be out of the top five. So you can just – sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. But this is an evolving <laughs> exercise. I'm not going to go as long as this is Joey tough. B, but this, this is, is brutal. This is tough. So Larry Bird, five. Well, and especially because I, as you can tell, want to lean more towards the modern era. So we'll go Pedro Martinez, number six. Pedro Martinez, greatest pitcher and of my lifetime. So essentially we have Bob Cousy and John Havlicek. Well, you can throw names that aren't on this right, list, Right, are too. the two yeah. names that uh, – Right, but I'm getting greedy. I'm already slashing with Brady and Belichick. I've already slashed with Ray Borg and Patrice Bergeron. So Bob Cousy was better than John Havlicek in terms of his overall game. Um, That was the guy who was like John Stockton before John Stockton. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, you can go Hondo 9 as I sort of marinate on this a little bit. But, yeah, Hondo John Havlicek has to be number 9. There were so many great Boston Celtics, though, that – I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I think we nailed the Red Sox by and large. I don't think that we left anybody out. You know, Jim Rice is certainly going to be top 20 for no, me. no college of Skrimsky on your list. Well, what about Doug Flutie, though, right? I mean. I guess, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, no. I get it, right? Yeah. But, like, Doug Flutie could do it all, man. I mean, yeah. you should see Doug Flutie play pickup basketball. And yeah. that dude's, like, born and raised Natick, Massachusetts. I lived in Natick for a time. So the names I thought of immediately, yeah, were David Ortiz, Doug Flutie, Dang. and Patrice Bergeron. Doug Flutie. But, nope, no, Doug nope. Flutie does not make the list. This is a pretty good list. This is a good list. Uh... You didn't give me any advance notice. Now, no, that's the point. I want, right, like, it of should, course. I want it to be like gut feeling. Right. Like gut feeling. And I also am in the middle of back-to-backs here with 30 fighters this week and yep. 26 next week, so I probably didn't need to be prepping for this exercise. Nope. But I'm just feeling. trying to think sport by sport. So for me, growing up in Boston, I would put Bill Russell one. Yeah. He was also the first black coach in the NBA ever when he became a player coach. Which I think is just important to the history of basketball. Yeah, right. And yeah. It, so again, it's, it's, it's all what open to interpretation, yeah. and obviously the timeliness, right? But Bill yeah. Russell passed away recently, yeah. and uh, I mean, Tom, it's Bill Russell and Brady are one, two, one. You can flip either one in any of them in anyone's list, and no one's going to argue. But yeah, yeah, no, no, Carlos Stramski is jarring to. It's going to be drawing to a generation of... There's oh no Yaz on your list. <laughs> oh, that's what he did. I mean, we, I, if my mother wasn't watching, I would probably get Hondo out of there for Call You Scrimps. You know, I mean, candidly, it's hard to put Patrice Bergeron on a list of all-time yeah, great yeah. Boston sure. athletes and leave out Call You Stremski, but it kind of is what it is, you know? Oh, I mean, man. Raymond Bork's career was rooted in Not greatness, but man. longevity, too, yep. you know? I mean, that was a that big part of his greatness. Red Sox team is... Like, you grew up in Boston. People still talk about that. Yeah. The impossible dream, Red yeah. Sox. I mean, zero zero rings for Ray Bork. Huh? Zero Z- rings for Williams. Zero rings for Yastrzemski. Yeah. One ring for Pedro. Like, luckily he got that one at the end. 
But, you know, when you start to mention Bill Russell as a coach, and I mention Bill Belichick, and, yeah. I mean, Terry Francona's still getting it done, you know? I mean, he's certainly a, a legendary Boston personality, but I think we have a pretty good list. I just, it's interesting for me to see USA Today put out a list without David Ortiz on it. Yeah. And I just don't know the rationale. You know, you're banging on me for leaving Yaz out. I know. I would have. <sighs> But we, dude, I got enough hockey guy. We got fucking three hockey guys on here. I like how you say hockey like a New Englander too. I love that <laughs> hockey. Gonna go walk wicked far to go watch a fucking hockey. I'm telling game. you, yeah. Even the USA Today's list. Who do you drop to put Pedro Yaz at five and then cut him out and everyone moves up? I mean, should I tell you, Dad? You spell Bob Cousy wrong. There's no E in Cousy. You know, There's so no E in Cousy. But no, I mean, I even think about like my mom and. Talking about Sam Jones and the late JoJo Wade and, jo -Jo I mean, jo on White. and on it goes. That's his name is kind of etched. So my mom is from El Paso, and JoJo White's the one that stood on the line when that Texas Western when he was on Kansas when he hit that three, and then, yeah. but then they were like foot on the line, and then they, they yeah, waved yeah, it yeah. off, and then Texas Western moved on. So JoJo White's like both sides. Like my dad loves JoJo White, my mom loves JoJo White because he yeah he, that's he, cool. Was on the line. He, he was a Celtics ambassador, yeah, and yeah, I got yeah. to meet him a couple times when I was covering the team. My so. dad would put John uh, Pesky on this. Johnny Pesky. Yeah, just Fair. so he was on the Boston Red Sox payroll for sixty years. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, but then I mean Dante Scarnecchia. I mean, where yeah, do we begin, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like Scarnecchia to me uh, is every bit to Boston sports lore what what Johnny Pesky is. With so respect. would you? If you had to do a Mount Rushmore, is yeah, that what we're doing? But only one, but you can only have one representative of each sport. It would essentially be Brady, Russell, Williams, and Bobby Orr for you. Just yes. looking at your list. But it's really difficult, right? Because I'm, you know, Ted Williams versus David Ortiz, I right? I mean, like I, you know, I didn't see a single Ted Williams at bat, I but I understand historically what he meant. But no, I mean the greatest Red Sox player of my lifetime was was not Pedro Martinez; it was David Ortiz. Yes, yeah. you know. Um, Ted Williams is in three Hall of Fames. Baseball. What about Paul Pierce, by the way? So that's what I was going to bring up. Uh, is he on your? Is he a top five Celtic in your mind? That was a bit of contention on NBA on TNT. They like they put this list together of when the Lakers and the in the like the five Lakers versus the five Celtics. And everyone left off Pierce on the, the greatest Celtics list, and that was a big argument of contention. Yeah. And again, if this list was 25, I would even make a case for Kevin Garnett, who bleeds Boston the way yeah, Bryce sure. Harper bleeds Philadelphia. Gronk. Like, yeah, I mean, Rob, Rob Gronkowski too. But Teddy Bruschi should be in this conversation, Rodney Harrison. Like, it is criminal to me, and I know you're not a Patriots guy, but it is absolutely criminal to me that – for all of those great Patriots teams, none of these guys are going to be no. recognized in the Hall of Fame. No. Yeah, Richard Seymour got in, right? Ty Law got in, but none of these other guys are going to fucking get in. No, and here's here's Mike's list, Mike Hex's list, Kay. that you'll appreciate. So these are he's going with Lifetime and some of just his favorites. Yeah, Bird, Brady, Ortiz, Ray Bork, Cam Neely, Jason Veritek. He said cemented forever for punching A Rod in the face. Teddy great Bruce, argument. Teddy Bruschi, Paige Martinez, Paul Pierce. Those are yeah. his ten. For so his I believe Paul Pierce is the all-time leading scorer in Celtics history, yeah. and certainly the bulk of his prime was played in Boston. He was able to capstone it with a world championship. He deserves consideration, and he did it in an era that made it really challenging to do just that. Like if he wins that ring in 2010, you tell me we don't have a place for Paul Pierce on this list, you know? That's true. But you know, That's Larry true. Bird doesn't get on on your Boston Mount Rushmore because Bill Russell Bill always Russell. takes the spot. It's know? like the Yankees. Who's gonna, who's who's like who's the best Yankee ever? 
Like the top four kind of set in stone with Bird, I mean Bird, Bird, uh, Babe Ruth, Gehrig, Mantle, and DiMaggio. Yeah. Like those are the four. Yeah. And then five, it's Jeter, A-Rod. Yeah. I mean, it's Jeter, Rivera, Yogi Berra. Like who's five? Yeah. I didn't sign up to talk about the New York no, Yankees No, we're not. Today, and that's so. as long we're going to talk <laughs> about the New York Yankees. But Unless it is. It's a really interesting conversation. And obviously it speaks to the greatness and all of the championship banners and everything else. But uh yeah, for me, it's hard to put hockey into a context with the other three. I mean, I could easily just go hockeyless. But Larry Bird, right? Like Bill Russell, changed the game. There's no doubt about yep. it. But there hasn't been anybody like Larry Bird, right? Nope. I mean, people will compare Luka Doncic to him a little bit, but there is no there, there hasn't really been anybody quite like Larry Bird. So, do you watch uh, MLB Network much? With yeah. Pedro? yeah, Pedro is unbelievable. On that. He's great. He's he, great. Uh, do you know Casey Mises? The yes. Pitcher? So when he, so he just had Tommy John surgery. And last year, Pedro was breaking down Casey Mize's, like, delivery. And he's like, he's going to have Tommy John next year, a year before it happened. Amazing. Because of, of his motion. And he's like, he pauses it. And he's like, look at all that. That arm's going to blow out next year. Nailed Spot on. Nailed Yeah, Pedro does a great job, especially given that it's his second language. But I, That's the most impressive thing for me. Is yeah. it, isn't it crazy that he was only the second Dominican player to make the Hall of Fame? Is that really yeah. the case? Wow. We'll be... I mean, there will Plenty, be yeah, more, right. like David Ortiz just got yeah. in, but like when he, when Pedro went in, he was like second or third yeah. ever. But, you know, I've talked to like Marlon Chido Vera about doing English commentary, right? And it's a tricky thing, right, to do commentary in a second language, but I know Cheeto eventually would thrive and he, he would really love it. But, uh, yeah, we were talking earlier about crying. I definitely was crying when I went to the 1999 All-Star Game. Pedro Martinez pitched, obviously, the visuals of Ted Williams yep. on the golf cart. No more coming over. I mean... That was a time in my life. I was 21 years old. You were fucking 10. I was 21 <laughs> years old, and I think it was one of the first times I can uh, remember like being channeling that type of emotion. For right now, it's like I can't even watch a movie without no, crying. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. like any any father daughter thing, and just fucking waterworks. You know? That's a core memory for me. When because growing up as a kid, I vis I very vi like vividly remember the home run chase in '98. Like, I remember waking up before my dad at, like, 5 a.m. to go get the paper to see, like, did Mark McGuire hit another home run? That is such a core. That might be the core memory of my life was the home run chase. Yeah. So my brother was a big Sammy Sosa fan, and I was a big Mark McGuire fan just because we were trying to be different. So when Mark McGuire went over to, like, shake Ted Williams' hand, yeah. I was like, oh, this is just my life. My life can end right no, now. No, it was amazing. And I woke up on that July morning trying to get a ticket to Fenway for that All-Star game. And now when we look back on it 23 years later, it still is one of the more special, you know, midsummer classics. Yeah, so, and I, the, cool. I don't know about you, but the now that the the teams play each other more often, like the Red Stucks will play the NL West like every year. And now they have the DH. I don't really, the DH thing is, is like a whole other argument. It's just not, the All-Star game is just not the same. Oh. Because like when we saw, because the, the Red Sox would pay the same 15 teams every year. If they played, if Pedro wanted to face Mark McGuire, you'd have to make the World Series. Right. So when Pedro faced Barry Larkin, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, I'm just like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. You're right. I do think it has changed. And even for me as a baseball fan, when I'm looking at an Astros-Phillies World Series this year, it yeah. felt like a National League Championship Series. Those are two National League teams. It is. You know? What do you, where do you fall on the DH argument? I think it's really interesting that they're doing away with the shift, honestly. I, I hate The DH it. is, I, I, I am very anti that. Telling a ball club that you cannot align your defenders. That's so, that's a, it's the game. 
Right. It's the right. game. That's right. like saying, hey, you can't throw a curveball. It's, it's right. stupid. It is so stupid. The DH rule, I I am I am old fashioned. Yeah. So I would have liked it to have been the way it is, but I have far less issue with that than the fact the that they're shifting, now gonna they're just trying to make it more exciting and stuff. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like just wind the balls tighter so you can hit more home runs and just the shift is of the shift. Like I'm, if you, if you are a major league baseball player and you can't hit opposite field, that's your problem. Yeah, and I agree with you. But for yourself, and not to go too long on this, but as a major league baseball fan, talking to someone who is in some part a former baseball sure. fan, at least in terms of how much of it I ingest, like, what would you do to try to bridge the gap to the modern sports fan? And it's not even so much about attention deficit as much as it is about the pace of the game and things not happening. Like, my wife doesn't like the NFL. She's forced to watch Patriots-Vikings on Thanksgiving night. <laughs> and she's like, this is the greatest theater I've seen in months. It's like, yeah, yeah. 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 I, the, pitch, the pitch clock I like because um, like getting because players taking too much like warm-up. I like the pitch clock. I don't like the shift. I don't like the band, like the ch- the getting rid of the shift because that's just part of the game. I do think they need to wind the balls tighter. Just because yeah. remember one year because yeah. I, I this was obviously a long time ago. Like Wade Boggs hit like twenty six home runs one right. year. And it, they found out that they the balls were coming from a different place and they were just being wound huh. tighter. Because yeah. I'm like, when does Wade Wade Boggs gonna hit right. twenty six right. home runs? Wind the balls tighter. Um, uh, the DH thing I get. I don't really. I don't really have an opinion one way or another i liked how they were different like one being right. one i liked the difference um i just think they need to like mike trout to me could have been the greatest baseball before injuries he could be the most talented baseball player ever you just but you don't see him anywhere you don't see him on the tonight shows you don't yeah. see him on the good morning america's like everyone knows who lebron is everyone knows who tom brady is My, we have that like look like tom brady is the greatest football player who has ever lived LeBron might be the greatest. Like, that's LeBron versus Jordan. Mike Trout might be the most. Like, Shohei Otani yeah. oh, is. I love that guy. A generation. We're never going to see another Otani. Well, we will because of him. He will influence kids to yeah. do this. Like, there's a couple other players. I can't remember his name on the uh, the race. He's in the race farts and stuff that does both. You just don't see him anywhere outside of, like, ba- I think getting rid of baseball tonight on ESPN, that sucks because now you, it's, it's just less attainable. Yeah, I, I mean, I think in the next 25 years, you won't have anybody who's as effective as Otani is doing it both ways, and maybe you'll have one or two that actually can do it regularly, season in and season out. But so a lot of talking heads talk about baseball players like Bryce Harper. You want his mug with the beard on camera as much as possible, right? Like LeBron's face is on TV every other himself. minute. Yes, a thousand percent that. But Mike Trout, right, you see him when he's batting, but... You don't see him a lot. No. And uh, I don't know. I just think the game has a lot of work to do. And, uh, you know, I'll always be a fan, and it's in my blood and in my roots. But, uh, yeah, I just don't know that I'm – I mean, maybe there will be a stage in my life when I'm less busy where I can actually sit down and get invested. Mm-hmm. And I do think, like, you're still hooked, right? Like, yeah. I'm hooked in so far as I'm following the team every day, transactions, box scores. But, dude, like, I ain't watching. I think there needs to be some other – like when Bonds went for 73, the home run chase, there just needs to be something that happens. Otani could have done it. He's also stuck in Anaheim. Like, it's just, he's not making the play. Like, Mike Trout's only made the playoffs once in his life. Yeah. And he's never, the Red Sox swept him. <laughs> right. So right, he's, right. he's never won a playoff game. It's ever. crazy. Like, imagine LeBron James playing 10 years and never making the playoffs. It's just, and imagine, imagine being, imagine having Giannis, 
and Luka Doncic on the same team and not making the playoffs. Right. That's what the Angels are with Trout and Otani. No, you're right. And baseball's funky. I don't have to tell yeah, you. Yeah. It's just weird. Like I feel like April matters so much. It sets the whole tone for the rest of the season. But, sure uh, does. But you know, I sure once does. I once read that like eighty seven percent of the time in a full count situation, it's a foul ball. Now I don't believe it's that <laughs> high, right? Maybe. But I would like to see. You know, you get you know you get to, in a full count, you get three foul balls, four foul ball. Go fucking bat rack. Put your bat away. Oh, you that's know? interesting. But that I like is that. obviously that is outside the box thinking but for me it's just i don't need 18 pitch at bats i'm good i think when they whenever they do electronic umpires is going to be a big game changer too gosh i like the review do you like how they can challenge plays in baseball now? yes i really like yes. that i was really against it when it started but now i love it yeah i love every, it just more drama yeah more theory anyway here's john annex list we'll go over it again we got tom brady slash bill belichick number one <laughs> Bill Russell, Ted Williams, David Ortiz, Larry Bird, Pedro Martinez, Bob Cousy, Bob Yorit, eight. Yep. Shook. I am shook. John Havlicek, Ray Bork, and Patrice Bergeron, slash Patrice Bergeron at ten. Not a bad list. Honorable mention to Carl Yastrzemski, right? I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, why don't we do this for a sports city that's not quite as successful next I think time would be, next time uh, next <laughs> time we do this we'll do the 10 greatest tampa bay athletes there you go can you do 10 tampa bay athletes evan longoria number, number one. one huge ufc fan by the way it will eventually be wander franco that kid's a stud. stud that kid's a stud anyway this is the last this is the end of the second segment and then everyone's favorite segment for the final one and then we're out Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the final segment here of Anything But Fighting Pockets. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank I mean, you, We brother. could probably talk all day about just Boston no, sports I've in general. Um, we didn't talk about, I have also another huge crazy conspiracy theory of the 2006 Boston thing. We'll talk about that at a whole other time. That's just the city of Boston in 2006. It goes into, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But for this final segment, this is going to be completely unrelated to Boston. Okay. This is the speed round where I have the bucket of questions. Okay. Of the most random questions I can think of. Okay. Like I'll be it. I'll be driving and I'll think of a question and be like, that's something I want to ask a fighter. Okay. But you can't ask these things at media day. Right. You can't be like, tell me about this, because I'm sure they would like that. Right. But you can't. So we're gonna put five minutes on the clock. All right. Can I ask you one question before hit, we start? Hit me. Do you have any sports related tattoos? Do I have any sports related tattoos? Um no. Okay. All right. No. I I'm getting one. In December, okay. I'm getting a baseball one, but I don't have any logos. I don't have any players, and I don't, no, I don't. Right. I think That's getting a tease. A, I think getting a Boston logo is like very on the nose, and I just I don't know. It's not something I've ever thought. Yeah, 
My only tattoo is sports related. That's why I ask. And my second one, soon to come, will be sports related. Yeah, where's that one going to go? Which one is that one? Uh, It's the FE, the iron symbol for Frankie. I don't know where it's going to go. Maybe on the opposite forearm. Maybe right next to the 209. We'll sleeve this thing. We'll throw a little game bread on there, a little Dorino. If you had to get a player's name tattooed on you, from Boston, what would you get? Nomar on my yeah. neck with an yeah. R on the end, not an H, but Nomar on my neck. I would do it right now if I wasn't working in yeah, television. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I think Nomar might be one. Um, I mean, how about the fact that I respected the Boston sports history that. enough to not put Nomar Garcia-Parra on that list? At one point in time, he would have been the best. He was the best shortstop of those three, A-Rod, Jeter. Oh, Jeter was the worst, but then he ended up being the most, like, the most famous, the highest accolades, the longest tenored. Yeah. Yep. We don't have to talk about it, though. Anyway, Good job with the Marlins, Jeter. Good job, Jeter, running that ship in the ground. I ain't complaining. <laughs> I ain't complaining. Anyway, five minutes on the clock. A bunch of random questions, completely unrelated to fights, and we are off. All right. Question one Limp Biscuit or corn? Limp Biscuit. I'm a hip hop guy. So. There you go. Tupac or Biggie? Oh, really? Tupac. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Correct. Correct. Ha! Correct. Most overrated musician. Most overrated musician. I mean, my sister-in-law was banging on the Counting Crows recently, but They're I always not. thought they were pretty good. They're, yeah. <laughs> uh, how old were you when you learned to ride a bike? Young. Jose Youngs. I was probably <laughs> four or five. Same. Indiana Jones or Han Solo? Indiana Jones. I, really? I'm not a Star Wars All guy, right? right? Han Solo is a Star Wars record. <laughs> yes. Never seen any of those movies. How old were you when you learned to tie your shoes? Probably older than when I learned to ride a bike. Oof. I remember getting my shoelaces wrapped around the bicycle chain. Eight years old. Jason, Michael Myers, or Freddy Krueger? Jason, Michael Myers. Jason. <laughs> uh, Charlie Brown Christmas or How the Grinch Stole Christmas? How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Live action or cartoon? Live action. There you go. There's multiple. I got a lot of Christmas spirit for a Jewish guy. Most, a lot of Christmas spirit. <laughs> most overrated Halloween candy. They still like, people still give out Whoppers, huh? You don't like Whoppers? No. The, Whoppers are those guy. malted milk balls yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big Whoppers guy. You like York peppermint patties too then, don't you? I don't like chocolate and mint combo. Nah, I like them I. separated. Uh, five best fictional dogs. Five best fictional dogs. I mean, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Sure. I mean, Old Yeller wasn't fictional. What's the next question? <laughs> Two people you wouldn't mind being stuck in the middle of in a cross-country flight. Bill Belichick, to be sure. And, uh, you know, I would probably say Joe Rogan because we don't get that much time to talk outside of mixed martial arts now that I'm doing the post-fight shows. So, uh, Joe yeah, B, Joe Rogan and Joe Bill B Belichick. said Kanye and Taylor Swift. Just for the drama. All right, there you go. Dream car. You know, I always wanted a Maserati, but I would say right now, I it's probably a, a Porsche SUV of some kind. What's one word that you can never spell correctly the first time? In Zechiku. My colleague wow. Sanko can spell it correctly. I can say it. But Kennedy and Zechiku, NZ, wow. I'm not even going to try it. Yeah. Zechiku, very Ken- difficult. UFC headliner, Kennedy and Zechiku. That's right. Zechiku. That's right. Uh, favorite romance movie? I My Girl? I don't even know. Is that really a romance no, movie? No, I mean, I, I told you, pop culturally, yeah, 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 yeah. you're going to really expose me. 
Uh, favorite kung fu movie? No idea. Oh, man. You have a whole world of just... Yeah, I haven't seen anything. Well, I'm going to answer for him. Drunken Master 2. There you go. Favorite superhero? Well, that I can... I mean, that's like my vernacular. I would probably say The Incredible Hulk. Why? Uh, this is just for my education. Because my son and I just like to smash each other and wrestle right now. So the Hulk yeah, is a very Hulk good... smash. Coffee or tea? I love them both, but coffee. Say coffee preferred. Coffee. Coffee. From Dunkin' Donuts. Get some coffee, we'll talk. Favorite ice cream flavor? So I have like some lactose intolerance, Ooh. right? I remember uh, I used to, when I had real bad issues with lactose, I would like I would like eat an ice cream sandwich and spit it in the sink just so I could taste it. Favorite movie starring The Rock? I know which one it is, but I forget the name of it. Um, but he was like on a boat, and it was pretty crazy. Oh, okay. I don't watch uh, that is movies. it the Jungle Cruise one? No. Oh, I don't know. Sorry. First Celebrity Crush. First Celebrity Crush. Oh, man. Don't date yourself. Kim Shu. I oh, dated myself a little bit. Double one. Doubled up on that one. Damn, we got a bunch of random questions. First CD you bought with your own money. Probably Ill Al Scratch or some hip hop artist mine was, from that era. Mine was Ride the Lightning by Metallica. <laughs> I was nine, and I had to get my neighbor's brother to come with me because it was parental advisory. Wow. Yeah. I might have been like Weird Al Yankovic or Nirvana or something, <laughs> but Ill Al Scratch I remember early on. Favorite soup? Favorite soup. I like a good tomato soup. I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to say clam chowder. Yeah, well, I got lactose issues, bro. You don't like Star Wars, so that's not even a thing. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a movie guy. I mean, Snowboarding I, or skiing? Snowboarding, to yeah. be sure. I've never put on snow skis in my life. It is on my bucket list, but uh, snowboarding, yes. Favorite art piece that you've seen? Jeez, oh, man. I mean, see how exposed I get when he starts it's talking okay. about, like, real shit, you like, know? Like, not about sports. And the last one. Oh, what's one fictional character you would love to get into a fist fight with? Maui from Moana. <laughs> Why? Let's go. I'm the underdog in most fights, you know? <laughs> I was at soccer practice with my daughter the other day, and one of these dads, you know, is like giving me the dirty guy. Like, this dude would beat me nine out of ten times in a fight, but let's go, Maui. Let's go. So, is that your favorite movie star? Didn't The Rock play I Maui? loved Moana. So, there you go. That's the rock. Yeah, that's a good one. That's so, anyway, that's the end of the mystery bucket question thanks so much for doing this john dude i appreciate you and all your hard work uh glad I to do, do it and, and chop it up with you and uh hopefully it's not the uh the last time we'll have you back on and do tampa bay sports let's do it because I'm i in. can't tell you nothing about I'm tampa bay. i still go. think wade box is like the greatest like devil devil rays yeah wade box we'll talk we could talk baseball for a while yeah anyway thank you guys so much for watching this has been john this is jose we're out
Support for this episode has come from eBay. You know real when you feel it. And with eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you don't have to wonder. You know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be checked by experts and verified authentic. Maybe it's a designer handbag, sneakers that pop, jewelry that shines as bright as you do. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 